to Twisted Tea, a podcast dedicated to some twisted, twisted, twisted tea. This season, we're back in brewing with the most twisted tea you can ever expect. From the sicko sign to middle of nowhere Boston College, whether you're training, busing, riding, walking, crawling, or even flying, you hear things. And we're here to spill it all. I'm Geneve. I'm Bonnie. And we are so glad you're joining us here today. Now let's get sippin'. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Twisted Tea. Hello. We're back and better than ever. Oh, yes. And this week, we're actually taking a break from, you know, the usual juicy, gossipy, those fun topics. And um, we're giving a try at being news anchors. (laughs) Yes, Bonnie and Geneve, (laughs) your new news anchors, delivering you some wonderful, wonderful news this episode. Did you know I actually wanted to be a news anchor? Like, that was originally my, like, you know your first realistic career after you decide that you can't really be a princess? I've never wanted to be a princess, but I understand where you're coming from. (laughs) So this was, like, my first, like, logical career goal was to be, like, like an international news anchor, I think was what I called it. I could totally see you be a news anchor, like you popping up on my news talking about random shit. I can definitely see that. Really? Oh my gosh. I wanted to be a construction worker because I watched a lot of Bob the Builder. So there's my first logical (laughs) career path. Wait, but they make so much money. That's so funny. Can you imagine me like in a hard hat, like with a hammer, whatever the heck else you use um, in the little construction sites? I cannot. I was thinking, I was thinking more of like the really like, um... The things where you like hang off the side of a building <laughs> on like the ropes, you know, like the skyscrapers. Like the window like- cleaners? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. My mother would kill me sending me to BU for four years and I'd become a window oh wiper. <laughs> well, Lord. we wanted to talk a little bit about some kind of positive news and just little sentiments that we saw or heard of uh, throughout, you know, these past few weeks, because this current situation in the world can, you know, seem a little dark sometimes, but there are a lot of things to still celebrate some, you know, resilience stories and everything in between. Yeah, so I'm just going to dive right in. Um, First, we really wanted to congratulate everyone who was part of any class of 2020. So whether you are graduating elementary school, I don't think we have an audience that young, but elementary school, (laughs) middle school, high school, or especially college, um, we can't imagine what you graduates are feeling, not getting your traditional ceremonies, walking the stage and celebrations, but know that you guys are all so loved by your friends, families, teachers, schools, and so many more people around you. Yeah, definitely. I have so many close friends who are seniors and even just seeing like people all around, people from my hometown, people, you know, that go to BU and seeing everybody, you know, kind of come together, lots of little graduation ceremonies, people's friends and family really showing up for them. It's really heartwarming. And you guys are clearly what they call the visionary class, class of 2020. You're going to do incredible things. And speaking of people kind of coming together for students 
we saw that an anonymous donor gifted over $8 million to pay for 400 California graduate students' debt. They did this through Students Rising Above, a San Francisco-based nonprofit organization that helps send low-income, first-gen college students through college and provides them with mentoring, internships, and career guidance. And I think this just kind of goes to show that there are so many people out there willing to help people who don't come from like areas of privilege and being a first-gen myself and also coming from you know Boise Idaho I feel like this is something that is really good and just kind of like pure in the world because there are so many gifted talented students who don't always have the opportunities without a little help and this anonymous donor clearly is investing in the young talent of our future yeah, I uh, actually I was watching I watched Becoming so Michelle Obama's documentary with my mom yesterday. And it was an amazing documentary. And it was so inspiring. And um, during the documentary, documentary throughout it, actually, she was just saying how like, your generation is like, obviously, our um, what's it called your like this next generation is the future of academics and the future of everything so it is that's why she is so adamant at supporting the youth and supporting the next generation because like everyone else depends on us to create the world that we want to live in Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, next piece of news, um, we actually found this very surprising. I did a double take and so did Geneve. So after mm-hmm. 274 years, Princeton has finally named its first Black valedictorian. His name is Nicholas Johnson and he's from Montreal, Canada. Um, he studied financial engineering and operations research. Um, and, uh, when he was interviewed, he said that being Princeton's first Black valedictorian is very empowering, especially given its historical ties to the institution of slavery so yeah we thought that this piece of news was insane like 274 years that's a long time i definitely feel like despite it just being something that is kind of like breaking this norm at this particular school but also because i've definitely seen it on a lot of different platforms it's really placing you know um like discrimination history of discrimination and um racism in education and in particular higher education at very um, prestigious institutions into a new light. It's kind of like throwing it into the media and having people have these discussions about it, which I'm always a fan for. I feel like we always have these kind of like spurts of conversations about education, but now it's like we're really putting it in there and having a lot of people talking about these things, which is the first step towards eventual change. Yay, that makes me so happy, this piece of news. I know. And obviously, we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, places that see the very front lines of COVID-19, everything that's happening in the hospitals. And it may be a very, you know, scary time as these um I mean, I, I, I call them like our, our soldiers almost, you know, like, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, they are. They kind of go in and they fight this virus at the front lines, helping people, saving people's lives. A lot of people don't even like really sign up for it because they're like in another um, like branch of the hospital. And then they end up like recruiting them for the special like coronavirus unit. And despite all the really scary things that happen in these places, there are still kind of little tidbits of showing light and glimmer and hope. Yes. So the first piece of news we wanted to share about that is um, 
uh, from Elmhurst Hospital. So for those of you guys who don't know what or who Elmhurst Hospital is, it is one of New York City's hardest hit hospitals. And my first introduction to them was I watched a, a video on Instagram. Someone posted on their story and it was a doctor that was part of Elmhurst Hospital and she was essentially just showing people behind the scenes of what was going on in the hospital and telling people that we don't have enough medical supplies. She was uh, essentially begging people to stay home um, and telling them how terrible um, the state is in that hospital. And actually, one of my core team members, she lives very close to the Elmhurst Hospital. And when I brought it up to her, she was like, yeah, that hospital, there's so many deaths going. Like, there's just nothing is good happening out of that hospital. But recently, all of the employees, so all 4,000 staff, including doctors, physical assistants, nurses, and food and facility service workers, um, they were surprised with complimentary vacations courtesy of American Airlines and Hyatt Hotels. So that is so heartwarming. Yeah, I watched the little video of like them being surprised and I was bawling my eyes out. I have to go watch it. That's that like they they deserve that for everything that they're doing and for fighting, even if, you know, the situation doesn't seem like it's great. So I love that. And also in the same location, New York City, I actually don't know what hospital it is, but one of someone I follow on Instagram shared this post. It's like a little sketch from NPR. And they started talking about how now that when patients are getting discharged, they play songs over the loudspeaker. So um, in New York City, they're playing um, Here Comes the Sun. Aww. And that was the one that I reposted. And I thought it was it was so cute. But at NYU, they play Don't Stop Believing at the, I can't even say this, Mayo, Mayo Nights Medical Center. Center in Brooklyn. Um, they also play Empire State of Mind by Alicia Keys and Jay-Z. Oh my gosh, that's um, so inspiring. Yeah, I think it's so cute. And you mentioned hearing um, that in Boston they play Sweet Caroline, yes. which is the song that's played after, oh my god, I don't know what inning it is. It's the song that's played at all Red Sox games. It's like the Boston song. Oh, so it is definitely the Boston I just, song. I thought that that was, you know, a very, a very heartwarming fact. And also, um, I actually saw this originally. It was like a tweet or like a post that just listed a lot of things. But I guess this person in particular is very close to living through like the same amount of things. It was like if you were born in 1900, you would have gone through, you know, World War One, World War Two, the Great Depression and um like various pandemics and so maria maria branias she's the oldest woman in spain she just beat the coronavirus at 113 years old things that she's lived through include the flu pandemic of 1918 um the spanish civil war and now the coronavirus so obviously she is very very resilient and this just goes to show that this is one thing that we're going to live through there will be other things you know in our lifetimes that we will experience but it is very possible to get through them and make it out if you have that in your heart and soul i just want to know how she lived or she's still living at 113 years know, old that's insane right like I That's saw crazy. a picture of her. She's, like, fully functioning. Her skin looks yeah. amazing. Like, sis, drop your skincare routine for all of us out <laughs> here. 
Oh my god. All right, and then the final piece of news um, in this little section, does this person isn't like a hospital or a frontline hero per se, but to me, to a lot of people, especially the people in his town, he is definitely a hero. So mm -hmm. um, there's this little remote Alaskan um, city called Gustavus, and um, a, a small business owner, so this guy, his name is T Tosha Parker, he owns a little grocery store, right? And his town essentially functions off of this grocery store. Um, he has started traveling 14 hours by ship to Juneau, which I believe is a bigger town. Um, so mm -hmm. seven hours there and seven hours back to stock up on critical supplies for a store during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, this happened because the ferry lines that he relied on for the store supplies were stopped um, when the coronavirus started getting more serious. So him and his 15-person crew, they go, I believe, like bi-weekly or maybe... Yeah, bi-weekly to load their ship with about $20,000 worth of eggs, flour, meat, canned goods, and all the produce that you can think of every single time they go. Um, and this is to feed the 450 residents in his town that rely mm -hmm. on his this guy's grocery store. And it's funny because they've now begun to call his store um, Toshko. So it's like a combination of his name and Costco oh. <laughs> for their bulk of their stuff. Oh and he's like literally their this town's hero without him like no one's eating no one has anything oh, so yeah. props to this guy that is incredible because you always think about like oh when we live in like cities or even like suburbs and we're like oh shortages like when people buy a lot of things but it's like these really remote places like this this store is the only way that they're surviving and so this guy is a hero for braving that 14 hours by ship in order to provide for you know this small town so that is incredible he is a hero and we also wanted to address kind of the coronavirus pandemic and some of the effects on other things and more namely our environment. I know personally speaking, when the virus started getting really bad and I was when I was still in Boston, I would look out the window and there was like no traffic on the Mass Pike. Like nobody was driving around. There was so much less kind of pollution in the air. And I know this is the case for places like I think LA and just basically all around the world. Yeah, so obviously no one wants a coronavirus around. Um, however, there have been real positive in regards to how our environment has improved. So I don't remember, I feel like we've touched on this in a previous episode where we talked about how um, the Venice waters have never been clearer, like dolphins are starting to swim closer to shore, stuff like that. But um, now it's actually confirmed that there has been a sharper dip in air pollution. More and more wildlife has reemerged and waters have never been clearer than they are now. Um, in fact, India's annual carbon emissions um, have fallen for the first time in four decades. So honestly, this is all thanks to the lockdowns that have been started by the coronavirus. Um, they saw a 15% drop in coal-fired power generation and a 6.7% increase in the use of renewable energy, which is amazing for India. Um, they're beginning to set re records for cleaner air, which is such an amazing fresh start for this country in terms of them making their environment cleaner and more healthy to live in. As we know, like India isn't the most well known for having the freshest of air like Fiji does or whatever. Um, but this is an amazing start for them. 
I remembered seeing something too. It was in particular about Wuhan, where the epicenter was, and when they locked everything down, they were showing the pollution levels from before and after, and it was literally like looking at a blob of red to nothingness. It was crazy to look at the what is that called? Like the infographic of showing how much air pollution there was, and I. I know that if it's happening for places like this, like you mentioned, that aren't necessarily known for being very, you know, clean to the environment, that it's definitely happening happening for other places too, like major metropolitan areas in the United States and anywhere that's producing all these emissions, that it's a similar trend. And like you mentioned before, I think like a few episodes ago, that our it's like our world is healing. Yeah, no, so as we're talking about this topic, I actually read an article before we started recording, and it kind of talked about, well, it was discussing, like, how do you think people are going to live um, after the coronavirus mm. has, like, um, passed over? Do you think that we're going to go back to our old ways, and then the emissions and all the percentages that have dropped are going to shoot back up? Or do you think people, like, actually took this opportunity to realize, like, took this wake-up call and realized that, like, we are screwing up our environment, and because of all these lockdowns, that is why our environment is getting better. So what do you think is going to happen? I definitely feel like there are going to be different groups of people. So there's going to be the people – I mean, okay. even right now, people that live in my hometown, they, they don't read the news that I read. They don't read, like, into New York City, and they don't read on a global scale. Does that make sense? Like, they kind of just Obviously, look at- I mean, they were still out there doing their little protests, yeah. so. I feel like the people who address this as it is a greater than me, it is a greater than my town and greater than my state type of issue and situation, and who think with, like, a more global approach, I feel like those people are really going to be pushing for things like, you know, using, using cars less and traveling less or, like, different things that we're doing, we're doing now because of lockdown that are there for going going to clean up our environment or give our environment a break and I feel like it is really up to these people to kind of spark that conversation like people who advocate for this to write op-eds for New York Times to publish these things to really push these things and bring it into the eye of the people so that it's not just the people who seek this information that see it and advocate for it but that it seeps into everyone's like peripheral view does that make sense like it's it just needs to be something that's like publicly broadcasted rather than people who are new savvy and who like care about the world are seeing it yeah i mean i hope so because a lot of this has already been shown in the news and to me it's mind baffling that like the news is so accessible like if you have a tv you have a computer you have like a phone you can access mm-hmm. news and people are just like choosing to ignore it for example the people in your town who are protesting and as well as in many other towns like how do you not know that this is a real life situation that everyone is dealing with and like how can you be so selfish to be doing what you're but doing ultimately even there's like the people that just don't see it but then there's also the people who just don't care like i feel like it's definitely also a readjustment on priorities because a lot of people are like oh well it's all about me like i am this individual and i have freedom so if i want to do these things and oh if it hurts the earth like whatever like the earth is the earth isn't above me and it's like "Mm, but the earth provides for you so it's kind of above you but okay so a lot of the times people just say like oh you know I I don't care because it's not for me so I'm interested to see like how we not necessarily recover I guess like change from this and as we emerge for like the next you know eight to ten years how different our world will be 
not just in the sense of like economics or what quote the new normal is like before the vaccine i'm talking more about just like you mentioned the shift in paradigm like how we're viewing the world and how we're prioritizing things and how we go about our daily lives and it may be a really fast change but it may also be like a really long and stretched out change okay interesting very much so interesting and we wanted to move on to the best news which is that many countries are seeing the number of new cases of the coronavirus decrease to single digits over the last week in particular yay round of applause <laughs> pop like the little like the little things oh my gosh what are they called you like hold them then you like pull it and then like confetti like comes out little poppers the confetti uh poppers yeah, the confetti poppers pop a confetti popper yeah insert yes, that insert now <laughs> um in fact there are so three places specifically that are celebrating zero new cases so new zealand ended their strict lockdown procedures about a week ago and they celebrated the milestone of no new cases as well. Um, in the U.S., Hawaii and Montana are also celebrating no new cases. This is the first time in two months that the spread has come to a complete stop for Hawaii. And in Montana, some schools were even allowed to resume normal operations as of May 7th, so like about 10 days ago, which is awesome for them just because I know that school is a very important and enriching element to a lot of um, especially the younger crowd I feel like it's really hard for them to do like engaging elementary school learning online so I'm really glad that they were able to go back to school uh, for that and actually I don't remember what exactly the thing is but I know Korea's lockdown also ended and I only know this because I watched a um, like a webinar of these PR officials in uh, Southeast Asia, like different areas, there's like one in Malaysia, but the one in Korea was talking about how the strict lockdowns have ended and how they, the government like handled things really well and are, you know, kind of making sure there's like measures in place that everyone is safe, even though the lockdown has ended. So I feel like there's definitely, like we are past the worst of the worst. Um, it is up to us, however, to be very careful to ensure that there's like there if I mean, a lot of people say there is going to be a second wave, but regardless if or not, there's going to be a second wave. The second wave is managed that we're not going to overwhelm the healthcare structures and that we're able to continue to see this trend becoming better. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping that other states, for example, Boston, New York, like every other, yeah. or those aren't states, oh, <laughs> too stupid. other cities and other places are going to get better soon. I know that a bunch of Californian uh, universities and colleges have already said that they're going to be having fall semester online. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boston, BU hasn't said anything about it yet, but I'm, a, I'm, I used to have, I had a bit of hope before attending the my company-wide meeting um, for the job that I work at um, last Wednesday. And I was like, oh, like, we'll probably be able to go back to the office like July or August. But they're talking about only letting 10% of people back in um, around that time. And that like, we're not, we're probably not going to go back to like a fully functioning everyone back in the office deal until 2021, which literally just sinks my hope at anything and everything. Yeah, I definitely, like, the fall semester has me feeling really tricky, 
And I yeah. talk about this, like, a lot just because it is so weird for me to not know, like, like, I'm usually like, oh, it's, like, at this percent chance that this happens or, like, at this percent chance that this happens. But as of lately, especially with, like, you know, because I'm supposed to be abroad in the fall. And so, like, this, it doesn't just factor into, like, oh, what happens in the U.S., but it's also, like, what's happening over there? How are they viewing, you know, American citizens and visa statuses and all of that? And um, a lot of people are asking me, like, oh, do you think you're going to go abroad in the fall? And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. And then it's like, but yeah, if I... The actual attendee of the program say, I have no idea. Why are you telling me whether or not you think my program is going to happen? Because they'll always follow up with like, oh, well, I heard this. Or like, oh, well, my friend's program, like that she goes to school in like Colorado, like her program was canceled. And I was like, okay. And it won't even be like, oh yeah, her program in China. It'd be like her program to like Australia was like canceled. And I was like, okay, that has like nothing to do with me, but okay. So honestly, how I kind of see it is I just like take it day by day or week by week whatever the timeline is but I definitely agree that we won't see like a new a a normal like what we used to know like everybody you know in their seats not everyone's like working from home and not having to wear masks everywhere and not freaking out about you know going to stores and like having certain capacities or whatever like we definitely won't see that until 2021 but I do feel like we are handling the situation instead of having like the situation handle us which is what it kind of felt like for like the entirety of March yeah like I guess you can say like the overwhelming panic is like kind of alleviated now like there's still panic and people are still scared but it's not as insane as it was like literally two weeks ago I feel like I can control my life and like the choices I make now rather than like before it's kind of just like well you can do whatever you want but it's still gonna happen and it's like okay (laughs) Well, I think the good thing about your situation is, um, like, how China, they're, like, actually doing better now. Um, Because my dad is in China right now, and he's telling me that, like, yeah, like, people are going to the streets, Mm -hmm. like, restaurants are having around, like, 50-75% capacity. Like, things are being, like, more normal now, and that's considering this is, like, May, when they started back in January. Mm -hmm. This whole coronavirus hit them back then, so it took them almost half a year to get to this stage. Um, But... I'm hoping that like they're like Shanghai will be good enough for BU to say like okay we are we're sending our students over because Shanghai's situation is way better than the U.S. But then that actually that plays in the factor of like does Shanghai even want us? Yeah, no, it was so, so interesting because I was um I was applying or not really applying I was reaching out to like a lot of HR officials at different PR agencies. The PR agency that I was supposed to intern at the first time I went, they told me that they can't guarantee me a spot in September Mm -hmm. by June 1st and I was like okay well that's the deadline that I would like need to know and then I asked like I was communicating with a PR or another PR agency and like before we even had a conversation about anything she was like well Shanghai isn't allowing um, U.S. citizens in right now so they're perceiving us as kind of like a threat because there's a travel ban yeah there's I yeah I knew there's a travel ban from like China the U.S. but I think they they're banning us now too which makes sense because like we have like a lot of cases and I don't want to argue about which like you know country has more cases but clearly we are like at there we're a little bit behind them so she was like oh well you're not allowed to come right now I was like I know but I would come in September but it's just interesting to see how things have changed so I'm really keeping my fingers crossed I just hope that whatever happens yeah well happens. my fingers yeah. are crossed for you i are you gonna look for any internships for the summer like remote ones 
Oh, I actually have a remote internship. Oh, you so do? I, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I um I was a little hesitant about it at first just because I didn't really want to take an unpaid position. Right. But at this point, like it was really interesting because the place was like, oh, well, they're based in New York City. Mm-hmm. And it's a PR, it's a boutique PR agency that works particularly B2B with ad agencies. Okay. And at first I was kind of like, oh yeah, like I can do remote. And they were like, oh, well, we'll be remote at first. And then when things lighten up, like you could probably come into the office. And I was like, you're not paying me. I'm not Coming going to, the to office. sublease. Yeah. Like that would like just calculating flights and an apartment for like a month or two months would be like well over like almost three thousand dollars honestly i don't even think like new york will be ready for us until july and august like especially if like companies are saying that like things aren't gonna be better until like the later like quarters of the year then like there's probably no like no like opportunity for you to be so i was like yeah i'm not gonna do that and then but they were okay with me doing it completely remotely so i figured it's good to just get some experience and you know boost a resume or whatever and be able to have like stuff for my portfolio yeah but, and I mean it also shows yeah. initiative on your part because a lot of people yeah. don't do um unpaid internships I mean I'm like yeah. looking I've applied to a couple but like all, all of these are remote and stuff they haven't gotten back to me so I'm just hoping I get one more because I'm mm-hmm. like so bored at home I've realized that I've watched too much Netflix lately and I just <laughs> need another job on top of my stuff so that's where my head's at. There's, um, um, I did this a few days ago. It's not really, like, applicable, I guess, to your field, but there's there should be, like, similar things. So I saw someone get HubSpot um, certification for social media strategy, and it was a completely free class. They give you a, cer- a certificate, and now I have that on my LinkedIn, like, little certifications thing, and I'm going to do one for, like, Google Analytics for business and, like, brush up on some of those skills. Because I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, yeah, like, I have this thing on my resume, and I know how to do it, but I would definitely need somebody to tell me specifically what they're looking for and how they do it at their company. And I was like, oh, right. so if I can just brush up on the skills, like, and, you know, make myself a little more well-known about this, I was like, all right, I'm just going to do that. So I've been taking, like, classes like that. It's so funny because I bookmark them in my um, little bookmarks folder as quote summer school because like Aww. it's like school but not but yeah. yeah there's like a lot of these little programs so definitely check that out if you're like bored out of your mind and want to do something like productive is this all through HubSpot all these classes because I know I over last semester not last semester the fall semester I got my inbound marketing certification from HubSpot for a class mm-hmm. um, and so I'm looking I'm like trying to uh, like learn how to code, doing all that. But I want to do more like certifications that are like my like main field in marketing. So mm-hmm. is all of what you're doing um, via HubSpot? So the social media one was through HubSpot. The Google Analytics one is is just through Google Analytics. Like I think I okay. looked up like Google Google Analytics for business certification, and it was like it's like an academy page, but it's like okay. they're very very nicely done. And I'm sure there are like other ones too. I haven't done like full research into all of them I'm only doing ones that I've seen other people do yeah but yeah there should be a lot like similar to HubSpot where it's like it's not Google but it's also like this other like software and they have like free certification classes well I was looking at one called Shaw Academy and I was really interested in it it was like four weeks um online course digital marketing right so I like signed up all that yeah I was like ooh, at first and then I was like okay let me (laughs) check their Instagram to see like they looked really legit they looked like Khan Academy that type deal and then in the comments I saw some really sketchy comments about how like oh don't 
like uh, I learned the hard way or I learned my lesson. Don't do Shaw Academy. They're just ripping you off. But I mean, it's free. <gasps> you do have to attach your credit card to it and then they charge oh, like you a... after four weeks. Okay. So, okay. and then, you know, sometimes when you look at Instagrams, like you can tell by the comments and like the like ratio and all of that if something is legit. So I was like, yeah. eh, maybe I'll, I'll not do that because I don't want them to like charge me like a thousand dollars after my four weeks are over. So thank you so much for all that information that you told me. I'm so excited to actually be more productive with my life um, <laughs> since school has been over. Um, yeah. So despite everything that is still going on, I think it is just so heartwarming to see like all this good news happen around the world and know that there are still so many amazing people out here. Um, from the little acts of um, kindness that neighbors and UPS drivers do, like bringing graduation or birthday gifts after seeing like cele- uh, celebratory signs on people's front lawns, um, to bigger acts of celebrities hosting virtual graduation ceremonies to the collegiate class of 2020. I think all of this matters on some kind of scale. Um, all of this shows that we are all in this together and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And we wanted to thank you guys for continually listening to us it has been definitely a great time being able to sit down and record and recollect thoughts from the week um we hope you guys will listen to our next episode we have no idea what it's gonna be about yet but we guarantee it's gonna be lots of fun make sure to follow us on our personal instagrams and also our twisted tea instagram which i am revamping and doing like a whole themed thing for so go check it out everything is in the description and And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you guys so much. Bye. We love you.